to the Get Naked Live podcast, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and I am super excited to bring you intimately honest, sometimes uncomfortable, yet strangely funny conversations and real life stories on how emotionally draining being a strong Black woman can be. Each episode is designed to help you find the courage to embrace your emotional nakedness, define strength on your own terms, burn that superwoman cape because you know you are sick of wearing it, and learn to love life unmasked. All right, today in my virtual studio, I have Miss Danielle Dunn joining us, and I am so excited to have her here. Now, I know y'all always hear me say that my guests have amazing stories and powerful stories, and I say that because each of them do. And Danielle is certainly no exception to that. She has such a powerful story about loss and grief and overcoming, and of course, being a strong Black woman. So I am super stoked to have her today. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Like I said, Danielle, I am so happy to have you here because we talked for a little bit prior to this and you shared some of your journey with me. And I'm just excited to put it out here in the universe for everybody else to hear. So Thank before you. we dive into your story, why don't you go ahead and tell us our listeners a little bit about yourself? So my name is Danielle Dunn. I am the author of the Ivy Locks book series. Ivy Locks is a third grade professional problem solver. And the first episode was released in 2016. This is a seven part episode series for Mm -hmm. the book. And my long term goal is to have the book turn into an animated cartoon series. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love it. (laughs) Is there like a particular grade that you target or is it just for all students? This book series is for grades second through fifth but it can be enjoyed by ages seven and up. Okay, wonderful. So let's talk about how that came to be. So back in 2002, which is dating myself, but back in 2002, (laughs) my best friend Ivy was pregnant with her son. And we started the process of trying to find books that looked like us. Mm -hmm. And even back then, it was difficult. It's difficult now, so it's extremely Mm -hmm. difficult back then. So. Ivy was an educator. She's a teacher. And I was in school finishing my bachelor's of education. We both were avid readers, avid writers, and decided, you know what? Let's do something about it. Let's solve this problem and come up with something. So we came up with Ivy Locks, a play on her name, Mm -hmm. and how Ivy wore her hair at the time because Danielle with the short haircut just didn't have that same (laughs) ring to it. So we came up with the name Ivy Locks and we started brainstorming. And initially we had this character who was going to have all these friends and solve all these problems. And you know how life is. We're finishing school, working, you know, pick it up, put it back down. And in 2004, Ivy was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. So at that time, we decided to put the book down and to focus on her getting better. During that time, she went to remission in July of 2005. We picked Mm -hmm. the book back up. And in November, she was dead. And so, yeah, it happened so fast. And in that time, I put it down. I just could not get it together. I had tried multiple times. Like I tried to 
picked the book up back in 2008, you know, mm-hmm. determined, like, I'm going to finish this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried to pick it up in 2011, like, no, I'm going to do this. And I kept trying to write the story in the way that I thought that we wanted to do it. And I was right. stuck. Right. I kept getting stuck. And so randomly in 2015, another girlfriend of mine, uh, her name is AZ, she lives in Atlanta and she was putting on a one woman stage play. And mm-hmm. we went to high school together and mm-hmm. I've known her 20 years. So she puts on this play and I'm like, oh my God, what the heck? Like, I've known you 20 years. I never knew these things. Like mm-hmm. she really dealt with her stuff. And right. I said, I need to deal with mine. Uh-huh. And I decided two things. One, I was going to deal with that grief that had mm-hmm. just totally just suffocated me. Right. And I was going to finish that book and release it by her birthday. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. On April 24th, wow. 2016, I released Ivy Lot on what would have been Ivy's 37th birthday. Wow. That's amazing. Like, that's just such amazing tribute to her life. So I honor you for doing that for her and for moving past and doing the work that it took to get up and do that for her. That's such a special tribute. So tell me about what that grief looked like for you. The grief looked like just being completely unsettled, like not knowing myself, not knowing my life Mm -hmm. anymore, not knowing Mm -hmm. my routines. It felt like it was the lack of color in my life. It was everything was so gray. Mm -hmm. Ivy and I were extremely close. Not only were we best friends, I mean, she was an only child, so we became like sisters. My sister became her sisters. We talked on the phone all the time. We did almost everything together. We even started going to church together, which added this like spiritual dynamic into our relationship. Mm -hmm. Losing her felt like losing a piece of myself. And I was very young at the time. I was 24. I had just finished college. I was trying to figure out my life. And now I had to figure out what was my life going to be without someone who had been such an integral part of it. I can't even describe the level of devastation because I was Mm -hmm. so sad and also angry at the time because Mm -hmm. I had prayed and I asked God and I was fasting and I was being so faithful and trying to believe that she was going to be healed in this human form here. Like I wanted her to be healed. Because that's what we want. (laughs) Like, I don't want you to be healed there. I I want you to be healed healed here. You know, she had a young son. Her son was three at the time. And I just was like, you cannot be sick. Like, this can't be sick. His right. mother, like, now he doesn't have a mom. His dad is already trashed. Like, mm-hmm. what? It was, it was difficult. I can mm-hmm. imagine it. It was devastating. I can imagine mm-hmm. what you must have gone through because I've had some loss in, in my life as well. And it's really mm-hmm. difficult to walk through that grief. Did you have a support system in place? I had a cousin who lost an aunt to the same type of cancer. Okay. And also my mother's best friend, died of cancer in 96. And I watched my mother take her to chemo. I watched my mother be a caregiver. So when Ivy was initially diagnosed, I watched my mother like, I know what to do. When your friend Mm -hmm, gets sick, mm -hmm. this is what you do. And so my mother, I leaned on her because I said, oh my God, I didn't understand the grief from my mother at the time because I was in high school. I was so young. And to know that my mother had experienced the same thing because that sisterhood, now I could understand the sisterhood aspect Mm -hmm. of it. But also I looked at my mother and said, my God, you did this while you were going through a divorce and raising your children to have to experience that type of grief. So I leaned on my mother. Absolutely. Now, you and I both know that it's no secret that amongst the African-American community, women specifically, that there is a false sense of honor when it Mm. comes to being strong. Mm. Did you feel like 
you had to be strong or did you allow yourself to fall apart? I would say at stages. So Mm -hmm. initially, I felt like I had to be strong because everyone else was being strong. And her mother was being strong. Her grandmother was being strong. I remember my mother, when her best friend Pat died, my mother was strong. I don't even remember seeing her miss a beat. So I'm like, I can't be the one because if they can all be strong, if if her mother, right, her mother lost a child. So Uh if she's strong, how dare I not remain strong? It almost felt like the nerve. And if I was, it wasn't going to be in public. So I would do my grieving privately Mm -hmm. at home, break down by myself, listening to music that really would take me there. But then in front of everybody else, pull it together. And it's interesting that you say that because I think that's what, well, I know that's what getting naked is all about, is being able to embrace our emotional nakedness and not being afraid to show that side of ourselves to other people. And I know that as women, we struggle with that because it's been passed down from generation to generation. We didn't see our grandmother cry. We didn't see our mom Mm -hmm. cry. And it -hmm. just goes on and on and on. And so personally, I think that's extremely unhealthy. Does it mean we don't do it? No, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) we definitely do it. So do you think they would have judged you if you weren't strong? Like, why did you feel like how I didn't want to make other people uncomfortable? I saw that it's hard for us to talk about death and Mm -hmm. grief. Mm -hmm. And when I would talk about it, I found that people would kind of, they don't want to hear that because I think it kind of triggers things for them if they Mm -hmm. haven't dealt with stuff. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to make other people uncomfortable. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. Yeah. And I also felt like I didn't have the right to feel the level of sadness I felt because she was just, air quotes, she was just your friend. She wasn't my mother. Mm -hmm. She wasn't my biological sister. She wasn't my Mm -hmm. husband. She wasn't a person that people feel like you, because the level of sadness that I felt, Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't have the right to feel that way because Mm -hmm. she was just my friend. And I don't Mm -hmm. think people understood the intimate nature of the relationship. Like when you click with somebody, when you spend all this time together, when you become invested in each other's lives, I was an aunt to her son, mm-hmm. but it was still, that's just your friend. And right. so I felt like I didn't have the right. I didn't want to make other people uncomfortable, nor did I like the feeling that I would feel once I got into my sadness. Like I didn't like it. Like it right. made me uncomfortable. I don't want to feel like that. So Danielle, what did you do to finally be okay with feeling the sadness? Well, I think initially I did things that were not probably in my best interest to feel the sadness. I moved out of state. I tried Mm -hmm. to run from it. I mean, Mm -hmm. literally and figuratively, Mm -hmm. I tried to run from it. Things like that. Smoking cigarettes. Like, what is that about? Like, just do (laughs) What is that about? But kind of like doing things unintentionally harm myself. Right. It's weird. I didn't want to kill myself. But I didn't mind if something happened to me Oh, because I just, yeah, I know. It's like, I didn't want to do anything. Like I wasn't going to do nothing. Like I didn't want to do it. But if it happened as a consequence, I was okay with that at that time because Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to feel, I didn't want to feel it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us go through that because I mean, I've struggled with suicidal thoughts. I don't think we want to die. As a matter of fact, I know we don't want to die. We just want to stop hurting. Just want to stop hurting. Just want to stop hurting. So when you begin to move through that, you say you ran away, you started smoking and all of that. So do you wish you had chosen a different route? I think I had to go through what I had to go through. But I wish that I had maybe talked about it more 
Mm-hmm. I wish I had maybe sought out others who had experienced the same thing mm-hmm. and even getting like professional counseling. I think that would have been helpful, but I just didn't have the tools and I didn't know how to call a thing a thing mm-hmm. at that time. And I was much younger. I mean, I was in my early 20s. So I just, the maturity wasn't there. I don't think right. I had the emotional maturity, but I think I would have sought out help instead of trying to run and hurt myself. How are you feeling about it now? Well, a place where, and I mean, I know the pain never really goes away. You never stop missing the loved one, but do you deal with the pain differently now? Oh my gosh. I celebrate her life in Yay! every way. I celebrate her. <laughs> I honor her and celebrate her in a multitude of ways. The biggest mm-hmm. way obviously was with the book. Being able to, I mean, when I gave the illustrator, we were looking at what did Ivy Locks, what did we want her to look like? Mm-hmm. I was able to give him pictures of her. From the age of three up until 25, he was able to fashion her hair in the same way that Ivy used to wear it. I honor her by having a relationship with her son to this day. I honor her. Every time a child reads that book, they are saying her name and they Mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. and some of her energy and the awesomeness that was her life Mm -hmm. is still out here. Like her energy is so strong. So now... I constantly, and I also talk about the importance of that sisterhood. So being able to affirm other women and to be able to talk about the value of those sister friend Mm -hmm. relationships, because Mm -hmm. that is how, especially as black women, we survive. So now I have no problem when people ask me, I used to feel uncomfortable even telling people how the book came about because I didn't want to make people sad. and I didn't want to make people uncomfortable. But now I say, let me tell you about my friend. Right. Because this book is a reflection <laughs> of her values and of her life. I mean, she saw a need. We both saw a need for Black children to have stories about them. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, for Black girls to be the main protagonists of stories, for Black right. girls to be represented as, and not strong in the way that hurts and harms us, but strong right. in the way of being able to be these problem solving and critical thinkers and be able to change the world. And so mm-hmm. now, it is just an honor. And I'm so like, I smile. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy. Like, I feel so good. Whereas I used to feel crazy. Right. <laughs> and I think that's amazing because it's just a process that we have to go through. But I think in that, because even when my brother passed, oh my gosh, it was horrible. It was like the mm-hmm. most devastating thing I had ever experienced in my life. And I did not know how to process that pain. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up taking antidepressants. I was Mm. taking sleeping pills half the time. Mm. I was so numb. Like I didn't Mm. even know that I was here. When I started weaning myself off all that stuff, then all of those emotions began to come back because Mm. it was like he had died all over again because I hadn't dealt with them. So I think it's important to allow ourselves to feel the pain. Like just go Mm. ahead and experience it. And Mm -hmm. then we can get to that place where you are now, where you're celebrating the life. But you have to allow yourself to feel that pain. But we have become so accustomed to just burying things down and pushing it aside and Mm -hmm. acting like it's just going to go away. But it doesn't go away. One of my philosophies, you cannot heal, but you will not feel. So we have to allow ourselves to feel that pain. And it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. But then it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And that's true. Like that, how we try to numb it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it doesn't mean it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. it doesn't mean it's gone and having to feel it. Like when I watched my girlfriend do that play, mm-hmm. she did a one woman show and I mm-hmm. sat there and I watched her feel it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, she felt it. She mm-hmm. talked about it. And after that, it was like she was so free. I mean, her whole life, even though I had always been so proud of her and so inspired mm-hmm. by her, mm-hmm. she even more so once I knew what really had gone on in her life. And when she talked about the pain and she talked about not wanting to sit up here and be that strong, her thing was too. That strong black woman, that Mm -hmm. strong, we don't do this, we don't Mm -hmm. do that. You can't Mm -hmm. let people see you do this. All these things that she, I mean, we're so close, but yet I knew so little. Wow. I knew so little. And you probably were thinking I knew everything there was to know about her. Yes. I mean, there were times where she talked about things in the play where I'm like, we were in the car. I remember we drove back. Wait a minute. What? Like, (laughs) that's what that was? And feeling like, damn, I wish she had a told me. I wish she felt like, she could have not had to carry that right. all that time. And mm-hmm. I swear that moment, I said, I'm getting my freedom. Like, I'm not about to do That's this anymore. Right. I want to be free. I want to I be, wanna be free. free. There is so much freedom in allowing yourself to feel. Like I said, it hurts, but mm-hmm. there's freedom in it. And then a lot yep. of times, even it's like you were saying, like, I didn't want other people to feel bad. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want them make them sad. Well, that's probably mm-hmm. what she was feeling, too. Well, I don't mm-hmm. want to put this burden up on her. Mm-hmm. But I think even in our circle of friends, we have to let each other know that I'm here for you and not just right. lip service. But like, that's right. Girl, like, I really got your back. I don't know <laughs> what right. you're going through that's right, right now. You can tell me anything. I'm here for you. I'll build shoulder. I'll build lap. I'll be whatever you need me to be. Just know that I got your back. Like, let them know because mm-hmm. we need our sister queens. Absolutely. Because we were not created to live in this world alone. We were not created to process all this stuff by ourselves. We need each other. And we need to continue to love on each other and let each other know that, girl, I got you. I don't care what it is. I got you. What did you say to her after the play? What did you say to her? My mouth was on the floor. I didn't say anything (laughs) to her because we went out that night. It was her birthday. So we went out that night. It was a couple of friends from all over. We went out that night. We celebrated her birthday. The next day, celebrated some more. It wasn't until a couple of days later, after I could process everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I saw, mm-hmm. I sent her a note. I sent her a message and I told her how proud I was of her. Mm-hmm. I told her how wonderful I think she is. And I told her that she gave me permission to get yes. free. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I watched that and I said, my God, like, we go through so much and we suffer alone. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted her to know that if ever, like, I got you. Like, I don't right. ever want Absolutely. you to have to be that Absolutely. again. I'm telling you, at that moment, I said, I'm going to write this book and whatever emotions it takes me through, however I feel, then I'm going to feel it all. Is. And I'm going to feel it and I'm going <laughs> to finish it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because I said, how can I truly show people and honor her? Mm-hmm. How can I do that? I can create a living legacy. That's what I can do. I can have something for her son to see. This is what your mom was about. This book represents what your mother was about, her values, things that were important to her. I can honor her. I can heal. I mean, it was the most healing thing to go through and feel all of that and to remember how we sat down. You know, it was like flashbacks because I could remember the first time we even talked about this book. We were at the Ann Arbor Art Fair, walking through, mm-hmm. looking at books like, oh, this is a book. And I remembered that it made me happy. Wow. I miss it. I miss her. I but said, dang, but it made me happy that I was able to have that with somebody mm-hmm. and that level of friendship that I was fortunate enough to experience it. I had to like kind of turn the attention 
away from myself in a sense mm-hmm. so that I wasn't like drowning in sadness, but focused more on how awesome the relationship was, how wonderful it was to experience this level of friendship, how some people never, never get to have like this kind of like right. homegirl, sister friend. Right. I mean, like thick as thieves. I was honored that after all these years, her son now being 15, that mm-hmm. her family still made room for me to be the aunt that I would have been had she been alive. You know what I mean? So I had to be like, man, there was a way to honor her because a lot of people can never find ways to honor the people that they love in a way that will impact because this love is going to impact generations. So that made me... Oh my gosh, it is. You know what I mean? So I was like, this is dope. Like, oh my gosh. So Danielle, you get to celebrate her every day. That's right. Every day, every time a kid picks up a book, you get to celebrate her. Yes. That is so amazing. Everybody doesn't get that. No. That is so amazing. I know she's probably in heaven just smiling down. Yes. She probably like it took you. Right. She probably like, girl, it took you long enough. I was wondering when you was going to stop being sad over here. Right. But I'm proud of you, boo. Yes. Yes. Love it so much. I have chills right now because I just think it's so amazing that you are honoring her life like that and celebrating her life in such amazing way because people die, but yes. they also live yes. and we got a chance to be with them. And so we need yes. to celebrate those moments that we had to spend with them. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's, it's so <laughs> powerful. Now you got this amazing thing going on where you're sewing back into the lives of our young people. Yes. And I just love everything about it. I know I keep saying it, but I do. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I love you. everything about it. So I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say quickly, kind of like a byproduct of doing this book was also the healing real quickly. So Ivy Locks, she's a third grade professional problem solver. Mm -hmm. And what she does is she uses a magnifying glass to solve her problems, Mm -hmm. but not how you may think. She doesn't take a magnifying glass and search for a problem or focus on a problem and make a problem really big. What Ivy Locks does is she takes the magnifying glass and she focuses on herself. So then she becomes, yes. Girl, what? Yes. That is amazing. So she becomes big. She becomes magnified and her Uh problem becomes small. And she has a mantra that she says to herself if she's ever getting frustrated, if she's ever feeling doubtful of herself, if she's ever feeling like this problem is too much, there's no way I could fix this. Challenges come as they may. I tell myself, I will find a way. And I'm going to tell you, I wrote that for Ivy Locks, but that was for me. That was for you, Danielle. That was for me because it was like, that I remember that grief being so big, mm-hmm. that grief being so heavy, but I will find a way like it will be OK. Like it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but we'll find a way. Like I said, that was so if I could sum up like what that grief was like, mm-hmm. like it came, but I found a way. Wow. I had to not let it be so big. Like, nope, I got mm-hmm. right. Nope. Right. Mm-mm. I'm bigger than this grief. Girl, you I'm did bigger that. than this grief. And then the magnifying yes. glass. And, and so when you immediately said magnifying glass, I'm thinking like she's looking for other things. But no, mm-hmm. she's taking that to look at herself. Absolutely. Because that's where the healing begins. Absolutely. With ourselves. Girl, I need to yes. buy this book and read it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I need this book in my life. I'm definitely going to get it for my granddaughters, though. Seriously, awesome. I awesome. need this book in my life. I just love that. Because so mm-hmm. often we are looking to heal ourselves and other things and other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it all begins with us. 
And that's because we need to find something that works for us. None of us heal the same way. We don't deal with emotions mm-hmm. the same way. We don't deal with life the same way. So you have to find an outlet that works specifically for you. You can't do it the mm-hmm. way other people do it. Like you found your outlet and honoring your friend's life. Somebody else may find the outlet in running a marathon. You know, mm-hmm. it just depends. So don't try to do it like everybody else does it. Do mm-hmm. what works best for you. So yeah, I'm so glad you came on, Danielle, to share Thank this story you. with us. It's such a powerful story. And we've had so many amazing people to come on and just share their journey. So I'm so thankful to be able to provide this platform for other people to come in and so that people can get the help that they mm-hmm. need because that's really what it's all about. That's really mm-hmm. what it's all about, being able to hold space for each other. So mm-hmm. thank you for being a part of the movement, girl. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. It. Thank so, you yeah. for having me. This has been good and we're going to wrap it up in a little bit. But before we go, I just love to do rapid fire questions because it helps me get to know my people. Okay. <laughs> what is your go-to activity when life seems to be getting the best of you? Take a walk take a walk so what does that do for you just like clears my head allows me to refocus on being thankful that I can take a walk being mm-hmm. thankful that I can feel this fresh air on my face that my mm-hmm. legs work and function to not focus on this problem right. <laughs> it gives me something else to focus on and be thankful awesome. refocus my thanks amazing number two your dream escape where and with whom oh with my boo <laughs> my husband my boo say I would love for us to like take, we just had a baby, so we probably gonna do this no time soon, Mm -hmm. but I would love for us to be able to just lay out on a beach and do nothing and then take like a tour, like go to Africa. His grandmother was Liberian and I would love us to be able to go to Liberia and he could be centered at home. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so nice. Take pictures and tag me on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 Last one. Journaling, to do or not to do? Oh, you better do it. <laughs> you said that like, that ain't even a question. Girl. Oh my God, you better do it. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in journaling, honey. It is yes. so much fun. Yes, yes. definitely to do. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. Parting words. One thing that you want our listeners to take away from today's conversation, what is that? That was so much good stuff, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid to tell your story and get your healing. Yes, don't be afraid to tell your story and get your healing. Because guess what? Telling your story is where the healing lies. Amen. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. All right, girl, we're going to get ready to get out of here. But before we get out of here, share with us any upcoming events you have going on and how we can find you in the online space and definitely how we can purchase Ivy Lock. So Ivy Locks is always doing her thing at ivylocks.com. That's I-V-Y-L-O-C-S.com. All the social media handles are Ivy Locks Books. That's I-V-Y-L-O-C-S-B-O-O-K-S. So uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook. We're on YouTube doing literacy work this summer. We'll be in Atlanta and in Michigan. Have some literacy activities. Going to be in some camps this summer. Trying to train up the next generation of professional problem solvers like Ivy Locks. Better get your critical thinking skills on. Trying to get these kids to know who they are and to be able to be just 
awesome and magnificent and help them refine those problem-solving skills. If you go to our social media and keep up with us, if you want more information, ivylocks.com. Check us out. <laughs> Ivy Locks is out here doing it and doing it. She's doing it, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going to get a copy for my grandbabies. Well, my grandbaby oh. is, but she's three. Actually, she just turned three. That's right. And it'll be in her library for when she's reading on her own. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to get ready to get out of here. Again, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story for us. If there's ever anything we can do to support you, let us know. And for our listeners, all of Danielle's information will be in the show notes of this episode, just in case you didn't get all of that while she was saying it. So if you hop over to GetNakedLive.com, click on her episode, you can view all of her information. And we are out of here. Thanks again, Danielle. But I'm taking my clothes off. Clothes off. But I'm taking my clothes off. Can naked, honest, can naked, 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 can na